Hello, friends. Welcome to Trivia Over Tea, the quiz show podcast where we drink tea and play trivia. I am your host, Matthew Cook. And before we get started, I need to give a little bit of a disclaimer. So about a week and a half ago, Carter and I recorded four brand new, wonderful episodes of this highly distinguished podcast. Um, Unfortunately, those recordings have since gone off into Never Never Land, never to be seen or heard from ever again. So uh, we are currently about 14 hours from when this podcast is being released, and we're doing a, a fun little last minute episode, but very high quality nonetheless. And so I am joined by our guest scorekeeper today, my brother, Mason Cook. Mason, how are you today? Um, I'm doing quite well. Uh, I've, I'm also back in Los Angeles and, you know, I'm ready to keep score once again on such an eventful day as it were. Fantastic. So let's meet this week's contestants. First, we have Elizabeth. Hello, my name is Elizabeth Bowersox. I am an opera singer, a cyclist, and I like to do acro yoga. And Lately, after Acro Yoga, we've been going to trivia night at our local bar. So I have been prepping for this moment for the past few weeks, and I'm ready to be serious about this. I'm ready. Fantastic. Well, thank you for being here today, Elizabeth. And we also have returning for her third time as a contestant, I think. Uh, uh, well, I guess third, not third time as a contestant, but you've been scorekeeper as well. We have Julia. Hello, everybody. I'm Julia. I'm chilling in my Northern Virginia apartment. I'm quite intimidated by Elizabeth's uh, wide knowledge of trivia now. Now I know that I need to be going to bar trivia every week. And that's my next goal um, before my next appearance on the podcast, just to let you know, Matthew. Okay. Well, come visit us in California, and I'm sure we can make that happen. Well... Thank you both for being here today. As with all of our episodes, we'll have four rounds of questions today, each with a slightly different format. And so without further ado, Mason will explain the rules for round one. Okay, round one is our first general knowledge round. Uh, There will be the five questions for each contestant that is worth 10 points each. Okay, Elizabeth, you are up first. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, question one. What Major League Baseball Hall of Famer was nicknamed Mr. Padre? A, Dave Winfield, B, Trevor Hoffman, or C, Tony Gwynn? My final answer is C, Tony Gwynn. That's correct. He played all 20 of his Major League seasons for the Padres and led them to their only two World Series appearances in 1984 and 1988. Sorry, 1998 was the second one. Question two. Which of these organelles is found in plant cells, but not animal cells? A, mitochondria, B, the cell wall, or C, the cell membrane? B, the cell wall. That's correct. Question three. The Battle of Chantilly fought September 1st, 1862 as Union troops were retreating from Bull Run was the only major Civil War battle fought in which Virginia County? A. Arlington, B, Fairfax, or C, Prince William? I'm going to go with C, Prince William. Uh, No, it was actually B, Fairfax. Ah! It was located nearby the present-day Fairfax County Government Center. Prince William County was the site of both the first and second battles of Bull Run. Question four. 
In 2019, it was announced that Indonesia would move their capital to a soon-to-be-built city in the province of East Kalimantan and away from what current capital city? A. Jakarta, B. Kuala Lumpur, or C. Hanoi? I'm going to go with A. Jakarta. That's correct. Jakarta is prone to flooding because it is sinking over six inches per year, as well as because it is vulnerable due to rising sea levels. Kuala Lumpur is the capital of Malaysia, and Hanoi is the capital of Vietnam. And finally, question five. The librettist of Die Zauberflöte sang what role in the opera's premiere? A. Papageno, B. Tamino, or C. The Queen of the Night? I'm disappointed in myself that I don't know this. Um, I am going to go with B. Tamino. Uh, no, it's, it was actually A. Papageno. Emmanuel Shikander was the librettist's name, and he was a well-known operatic baritone at the time. Tamino was played by Benedict Schock, and The Queen of the Night was sung by Mozart's sister-in-law, Josefa Hoffer. That's a very, very fun fact. Love that. All righty, Julia, are you ready for your five questions? Let's get it, Matthew. Okay. Question one. In 2009, the New York Mets played their first game at their new ballpark, City Field, after playing for 45 seasons at what now-demolished ballpark? A, Jacobs Field, B, the old Yankee Stadium, or C, Shea Stadium? C, Shea Stadium? That's correct. It was named for William Shea, who was instrumental in bringing a National League team back to New York after the, the, the departure of the Dodgers and Giants in the mid-50s. Question two. Which of the following U.S. cities is not on Central Standard Time? A, Detroit, Michigan, B, Kansas City, Missouri, or C, Houston, Texas? Ooh, I'm gonna guess, what were the last two again? Uh, B was Kansas City and C was Houston. I'm gonna say Houston. No, it was actually A, Detroit. Detroit ah. is on Eastern Time. Ah. Yeah. Question three. In the 1990s, the Mongolian government reintroduced the Pretzvalski subspecies of what animal back into the wild? A, panther, B, horse, or C, eagle? B, horse. That's correct. Prezowalski's horse, Ecus ferus Prezowalski, is one of the two subspecies of horses, the other being Ecus ferus cabalus. Mason, how did I do with that? Because I believe you wrote that question. Uh, you, you did just about as well as you could have possibly done. You know, okay. I mostly wrote that just to force you to pronounce all that Latin. Thank you. I appreciate that. I didn't, I mean, I, I pronounced the Latin with a good solid American accent. So um, yeah, I didn't really try that hard. I'm sure the great Roman scholars would be very proud of you. Yeah. Sorry to my friend Phoebe, if you're listening out there. Question four. What 2011 dystopian novel was written during the author's college senior year winter break, publishing a little over a year after she graduated from Northwestern? A, The Hunger Games, B, Divergent, or C, The Giver? 2011. Okay. So I guess we're in middle school. Was it The Hunger Games? No, it was actually Divergent. <sighs> Author Veronica Roth even signed a movie deal before she graduated college. 
And finally, question five: What Chinese historical landmark's estimated market value of seventy billion dollars makes it the most valuable real estate on the planet? A. The Great Wall. B. The Forbidden City. Or C. Mao Zedong's Mausoleum. Before you said any options, I thought the Great Wall. That's that's my guess. The Great Wall. It was actually the Forbidden City. This seven hundred and twenty thousand square meter residence in the heart of Beijing boasts eight thousand eight hundred and eighty six rooms spread across nine hundred and eighty different buildings. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, it's the it's considered the largest wooden building on the planet. Fun fact. There you go. How many rooms? Eight hundred rooms. Eight eight thousand. Eight thousand rooms. Yeah. Yeah, it's like eighty eight hundred. Yep, eight thousand eight hundred eighty six. Crazy stuff. Well, that's the end of round one. So, Mason, can you please give us a score update? Elizabeth leads thirty to twenty, but it, there is still lots of trivia to trivia. It's time for our weekly audience question. If you'll recall, last week's question was about the Paralympics. The predecessor to the Paralympic Games was a sporting competition organized by a neurologist for veterans with spinal cord injuries from what war? And the answer to that is World War II. The International Wheelchair and Amputee Sports World Games were originally held in 1948 by neurologist Sir Ludwig Gutmann, who organized a sporting competition involving World War II veterans with spinal cord injuries at the Stoke Mandeville Hospital rehabilitation facility in Aylesbury, England, taking place concurrently with the first post-war Summer Olympics in London that same year. In 1952, the Netherlands joined the event, creating the first international sports competition for the disabled. And in 1960, the Games were held in Rome, Italy, following that year's Olympic Games, and those were considered to be the first Paralympic Games. So there you have it. For this week's question, we'll turn to the month of September, because today is September 1st. September was originally the seventh month of the 10-month Roman calendar, the calendar of Romulus. And sept, of course, means seven, that prefix. Before the calendar was expanded to its current 12 months, what was the first month of the year? So have a think about that, send me your answers, and I will announce the correct answer next week. Now it is time for round two. So, Mason, can you please tell us the rules? Of course. So in round two, uh, we'll have directed questions to each player on the same topic. Uh, Correct answers are worth 20 points. If a player gets a question wrong, the opponent will have the chance to give the correct answer for 10. Okay. Elizabeth, your topic is a famous composer who was born on September 1st. Your composer is... Engelbert Humperdinck. So are you ready? (laughs) Yes, Matthew, I'm ready. Okay. Question one. Humperdinck is most widely known for composing what opera based on the Grimm Brothers fairy tale of the same name? Hansel und Gretel. That's correct. The premiere in 1893 was conducted by Richard Strauss. And the opera has become associated with Christmas and is regularly performed around that time of year. Question two. In his early years, Humperdinck won the Berlin What Prize, named for the German composer of Elijah, which financed a year's study in Italy for him. The Handel Prize? 
did he do? Did he no. wait? Elijah. 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 Uh, okay. Well, I already guessed handle, so no. I lost. <laughs> uh, Julia, do you know who composed Elijah? Not at all. Do you want to no. just throw out a composer name? Bach. It was not Bach. It was Felix Mendelssohn. Uh, and it was on that. That was. I was going to correct that. Yeah. And it was on that trip to Italy that he met um, Richard Wagner, who would serve as his mentor. Question three. In 1889, Humperdinck served as the music tutor to what son of Wagner, who shares a name with one of his father's titular characters? <laughs> um... Think about his heroes. Do you think? Do you think I study Wagner as a? Well, no, no, no. I don't think that you do. Do you think I study Wagner? (laughs) (laughs) No, I I don't think you do. But (laughs) but there's a there's a really really famous opera with this that's the this guy's name. Uh huh. Let's go through some generic German male (laughs) names. how about <laughs> Hansel is so hot right now? <laughs> um, I don't. I don't have an answer for you. I'm a. I'm a bad student. I just. Just for clarification, I only have an undergrad. All right. I'm yet to okay. get my grad degree. Okay. If I did this in two years, it would be different. Okay. I, although I suspect that you won't be singing Wagner in two years either, but <laughs> not that I will be either. I don't. I hope to never have to sing Wagner. Anyway, uh, Julia, do you? Do you know what what <laughs> opera I'm referring to? Mendelssohn. <laughs> Close. Really? No. Um, this is Siegfried, and Siegfried is the third opera of Wagner's Ring Cycle. Question four: In 1890, Humperdinck was appointed to a professorship at Dr. Hoch's Conservatory in what city, located on the Main River? now home to the busiest airport in Germany. Well, my guess is Frankfurt. Is... That's, okay. that's correct. Yep. <laughs> in his first two years there, he was on the faculty with Clara Schumann. And finally, question five. Later in life, when Humperdinck was teaching at the Berliner Hochschule für Musik, he taught what future composer of operas and musicals, including the Three Penny Opera? Is, is this composer... American? Um, he, Am he, I about to ask that question? He, he eventually came over here, but he's German. He's German-born. <laughs> is it operas and musicals? Uh, is it it's is it Lehar? No. Is is Lehar no. like Romanian or something? I don't know what he is, but the, I was just thinking of like musicals and operas and operettas and whatever. But yeah, what's the correct the the, th- the three penny opera is is the big hint here. Um, Julia, do you know who did the Three Penny Opera? My, my guess is a Siegfried. <laughs> no. Um, oh. No, this is Kurt Vile. Yeah. I would have never guessed Kurt Vile. Okay. Well, that's the correct answer. Um, that opera, while commonly performed in English, was actually originally in German, and it includes the ballad of Mac the Knife. All righty, Julia. Um, I'm also going to give you, so when we originally did this episode, there's actually another composer birthday on September 1st and it's Johann mm-hmm. Pachelbel. Um, but I figured that you probably don't know who that is. And so, um, I, instead, I'm going to give you questions about a, a composer of musicals, one Stephen Sondheim. Oh. Um, so are you ready? 
I, yes, I am. Thanks, Matthew. For the record, Stephen Stephen Sondheim's birthday is March twenty second. Question one: Sondheim says his interest in the theater goes back to when he was nine years old, when he saw a production of Very Warm for May with book and lyrics by Oscar Hammerstein II and music by what composer he partnered with before Richard Rogers? Oh. Oh, yeah. I, I <laughs> couldn't like, make it that easy for you. You couldn't? No. Uh, Hammerstein and Smith. No. No. Elizabeth? White. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just <gonna laughs> like last name. <laughs> uh, no. This is Jerome Kern. And that mm. duo's hits include Showboat. Hammerstein would later become a huge mentor for Sondheim. Question two. Sondheim's first Broadway success came not as a composer, but as a lyricist for what 1957 musical by Leonard Bernstein? Oh, no. It's a big one. I know. Oh, I can't. Leonard Bernstein. He was, uh, so Sondheim was the lyricist for this musical That's from correct. 1957. Yes. I don't know why the last five years and then Cinderella both popped into my head. But I don't, that's Roger. Wait. Sondheim is the lyricist for it. Bernstein. Oh gosh, I can't think of it. Uh, it, it, it I don't know. Uh, into the Woods. No. Elizabeth. No. West Side Story. That's correct. Nice. Uh, Sondheim, then unknown, had to audition for Bernstein. Um, after the audition, Bernstein, Bernstein said he'd let him know. But. It went on to become one of the most successful musicals of all time. Oh, and for the record, I think uh, Last Five Years is Jason Robert Brown. Yeah. And uh, Cinderella was Rodgers and Hammerstein. Question three. Sondheim was successful again as a lyricist for what 1959 Jules Stein musical written as a star vehicle for Ethel Merman, including songs such as Everything's Coming Up Roses? Oh, uh Gypsy. That's correct. Sondheim apparently wanted to write the music too, since he didn't want to get pigeonholed as a lyricist. But Merman didn't want an unknown composer writing the music, and Hammerstein persuaded Sondheim to take on the project as the lyricist anyway. Question four. Among his later Broadway successes is Into the Woods, the plot of which revolves around several Grimm Brothers fairy tales. Who starred as the witch in the original Broadway production? Bernadette Peters? That's correct. Yeah. Peters has starred in many uh, Sondheim musicals on Broadway, including Sunday in the Park with George, Follies, and A Little Night Music. And finally, question five. Sondheim's Lone Academy Award was for the song Sooner or Later, I Always Get My Man from the 1990 film Dick Tracy, sung by what? Queen of Pop. Queen of Pop. Sooner or Later, I Get My Man. What year? 1990. 1990. Uh, Aretha Franklin? No. No. Elizabeth? My guess is Madonna. It's Madonna. Nice. That was an action, uh, Dick Tracy was an action comedy film with Warren Beatty starring as the title character. Madonna and Al Pacino were also in the cast. All righty, that's the end of round two. So, Mason, can you please give us a score update? And also to follow up on something from earlier, Matthew is indeed correct that the last five years was written by Jason Robert Brown. Thank you. I so um, in that round, 
Uh, Elizabeth got 60, while Julia got 40. So, oh, the current total is Elizabeth 90 and Julia 60. Now it is time for round three. So, Mason, can you please give us the rules? Of course. Round three is our second general knowledge round. Five questions for each player. Correct answers are now worth 30 points. However, like in round two, if a player gets a question wrong, the opponent will have the chance to give the correct answer for 15. Okay, Elizabeth, are you ready? Yes. Question one. What interstate highway runs from San Diego to I-10 in Arizona and along the way is the only interstate highway that passes through Imperial County, California? The 15? No. Wait, Julia? from the... T- sorry. Okay. <laughs> Julia? Oh, I don't... Just guess uh, a number. The 16. No. This it's is, the 8. Yeah, it's I-8. Yeah. But I. I, when you said you said to the 10, I was thinking the 10 going up to LA. No, yeah. So. It meets it in Arizona because the 10 kind of... Of course, people listening won't be able to see this, but the, the 10 kind of goes like this. And then the 8 comes across like this from Man, San Diego. I'm... Yeah. Oof. Well, I know it. It's the eight. Yeah. That's okay. Not many people get interstate highway questions right on this on this podcast. So question two. After Greenland, what is the second largest island in the world? Its land is split by two Southeast Asian nations. I don't want to come off as an idiot, but for some reason I'm thinking India. No. Julia? Indonesia? Um, it's in Indonesia, partially. Um, the island is New Guinea. Um, it's um, split between Indonesia and Papua New Guinea. Question three. Violinist Joseph Joachim premiered what composer's only violin concerto on January 1st, 1879? Would this be considered like the late romantic period? Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely a later romantic composer. Can you repeat the name of the violinist, please? was Joseph Joachim, J-O-A-C-H-I-M, 1879. I don't know. I'm, I, I want to say French. I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to figure out what that last name is, what that, what that last name is coming from. But it's um, it perhaps is more, I, it's, it might be Joachim. Um, I don't know. Debbie C? <laughs> no. Julia? Uh, composers i was thinking there's beethoven and bach and mozart i guess but i don't really know any like weird names they're all dead by this point they're all dead by the 18 by 1879 they're they're all long dead because beethoven died 1827 i believe i wish i could think of more well then i don't know okay this is johannes brahms and the violinist uh, opened the concert with the Beethoven Violin Concerto, which is in the same key as the Brahms. Um, I, I'm not going to add this in, but Mason, are you proud of my 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 question? Because this is like a U-level music question, but I thought of it. I was say that. It's, it's pretty good, you know. Did, did you know that, Mason? Did you know that? Uh, yeah, I did, actually. Oh, cool. Okay, moving on. Question four. The Nile and the Orinoco rivers are the namesakes of well-known species of what large semi-aquatic reptiles? Did you say large, sem- large, large semi-aquatic? Large. Nile, Orinoco. 
but I think Nile perhaps will get you more. That might be the bigger hint. Is it like the boa snake? No. Snake? Julia? The crocodile? Crocodile. Yeah. Yeah. Love crocodiles. Nile crocodile. And finally, question five. World War II began on September 1st, 1939, when Germany invaded what nation? Poland. That's correct. German and Soviet forces gained full control of Poland on October 6th, after just 35 days. All righty. Julia, are you ready for your five questions? Mm-hmm. Question one. What primary interstate highway is almost entirely located in Virginia, apart from a 1.6-mile stretch in the District of Columbia? Uh, is that 66? It is I-66. The other 74.8 miles are in Virginia. Question two. In his travels to the Galapagos Islands, which type of bird is Charles Darwin known for having studied? I just thought of the dodo bird. I don't know if that's it. I don't think that's it. Oh, I don't I don't know. The dodo bird. Mm, was not the dodo bird, but Elizabeth? No, I I'm gonna feel like such an idiot when I find out though. It's the finch. Yeah. Question three. The Qing Dynasty of China originated from the unification of the Yorchen tribes of what large historical region? currently divided between China and Russia. The name of a region. The name of a region. So it's not Mongolia, or could it be? I don't know if any regions divided. I'm just going to say Mongolia. Uh, no, not Mongolia. Okay. Elizabeth? What constitutes a region? It's, it's, okay, it's, it's not the name of a country. But right. It's, it's, a, it's an area, and it's definitely, like, it's, it's a name that's been used in a certain some some thing related to pop culture if you go back far enough but it's a it's a region and you've probably heard of it i have nothing okay it's manchuria um there was a film called the manchurian candidate which which i think won academy awards way 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 back when i haven't seen it i'm not really sure anyway question 4 Sudoku, a problem whose solution is quickly verifiable but difficult to discover algorithmically, is an example of what class of computing problems? Uh, is this the, the n equals np problem? np problem? Uh, yeah, np. Oh, cool. Um, and as we've mentioned before, the concept of np completeness comes from the Cook-Levin theorem, and the Cook in this case is my great uncle, Stephen Cook. So, hi, Uncle Steve. Finally, question five. What 1980 film starring Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Dolly Parton follows three women as they kidnap their sexist boss and affect numerous workplace changes in his name? I can't think of it. Oh, no. Is it the one where they're like, they have the guns? Is it that one? No. You know the guns and they're uh, like this? Are you thinking of Charlie's Angels? <laughs> Yeah. That's that's no, it's not true. <laughs> then I have no clue what it is. <laughs> uh, I I don't believe that any of them were in Charlie's Angels. Uh, well, I don't know who. Okay, well, I don't know. And that's completely different. Um, okay, um, Elizabeth, do you know? Can you can you repeat the question, please? What 1980 film starring Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Dolly Parton 
follows three women as they kidnap their sexist boss and effect numerous workplace changes in his name. I have nothing. I thought you said Sally Field. Oh, no. Um, this is called Nine to Five. Oh, she, Dolly Parton sings that song. Yep. Ah. Yep. Already an established singer, it made Dolly Parton a part of mainstream culture. And uh, it was adapted into a very, very fun Broadway musical, which I've seen. So, highly recommend it. Alrighty, that's the end of round three. So, Mason, can you please give us a score update? Sure. So, in that round, uh, Julia got 45 and Elizabeth got 30. So, the total score right now, Elizabeth hangs on to the lead right now, 120 to Julia's 105. now it is time for round four. So Mason, can you please tell us the rules? All right. Round four, our final round. It's the showdown. Uh, two players will be asked to write down their answers to the same three questions. Correct answers in this round are worth 40 points. So it's still very much anyone's game. Okay. Julia, Elizabeth, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Question one. In what was dubbed the match of the century, what American chess grandmaster defeated Boris Spassky of the USSR to win the 1972 World Championship. Okie dokie. Elizabeth, what is your answer? Can you, can you say it out loud? <laughs> Vladimir Putin. <laughs> um, <laughs> Julia? You said American, American. Uh, I, did, I did say, I did say American. So the only American <laughs> chess player is it Bobby Fischer? It is Bobby Fischer. Very good. It was significant because it was during the Cold War, and the USSR had won the previous ten World Championships. Question two: What former vice president of the United States was tried and acquitted for treason in 1806? for allegedly planning to detach the Louisiana Territory and the Western states from the Union. Uh, do we have guesses? It's, it's a vice president you all have heard of. So, Elizabeth, what's your answer? Adams. Elizabeth, um, Julia, sorry. For some reason I thought Andrew Jackson. No. Mm. Um, Jackson was never vice president, I don't believe. Um, this was Aaron Burr, and Ooh. this was called the Burr Conspiracy. Um, the, this, ha this happened after his infamous duel with Alexander Hamilton. The exact details remain unclear, and he was acquitted in a trial presided over by the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Marshall. And, and since there wasn't any evidence against him, he was acquitted. Regardless, he was forced into exile in France and didn't return to the U.S. until 1811, when he adopted the surname Edwards to distance himself from his past. Wait, question. Mm -hmm. Aaron Burr, you said 1806. So yep. Jefferson was president during that time? Jefferson was president. Yep. So when, yeah, okay, so. The thing yep. is that he actually chose a different running mate the second time around. Burr was vice president during his first term, but in his second term, uh, Jefferson switched VPs to Madison. Yeah, and I think it was, I, I believe it was in 1804, so in the run-up to the 1804 election, um, when the duel happened, and part of the reason why Burr did the duels because he knew that that um, he wasn't going to be chosen as mm -hmm. vice president again. Do I have that right, Mason? Yeah, that's correct. I'm trying to remember who the 
new vice president was. I believe um, I said it was Madison. I believe. I believe he went. I, I think it, he went, was it. I'm pretty Madison? sure he he went okay. with Madison. Okay. Can you can you look that up while we're doing question uh, three here? Then yeah, sure. I had George Clinton in my mind, but maybe that was Madison's vice president. Anyway, question three. In what became known as the Marathon of Hope, what Canadian athlete attempted to run across Canada in 1980 to raise money and awareness for cancer research? While they're thinking about this, to be clear, or, uh, Matthew was correct. He, um, Jefferson went with George Clinton. Madison was Secretary of State throughout the entirety of Jefferson's presidency. That's kind of how, why that name kind of went in my head. Wow, look at me coming up with vice presidents from 200 years ago. Wow. You knew all the vice presidents. I did at one point, and I, I have let that slip a oh. little bit. Because there, there's, well, there's a few more, not, not that many more, but a lot of them are pretty uh, inconsequential. <laughs> um, but wow, good on me for knowing George Clinton. So who was Madison's vice president then? Oh, wait, no, that was Elbridge Jerry. Um. I believe, uh, yes, that it. That's right. Uh, it will, okay, we should be clarified. It was George Clinton, and then it, and then uh, Clinton, you know, Clinton died, and then uh, and then it was Elbridge Jerry, and then uh, he died. So okay. okay, so 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 George Clinton was vice president for both Jefferson and Madison. Yes, and he so died Madison's in office. First term. Okay, I see. I see. And then and, Elbridge Jerry was the second term for, of Madison. Yeah, and he also okay, he also died. It's like like Spinal Tap drummers. With, yeah, uh, pretty much. Madison's vice presidents apparently. So didn't realize that Spinal Tap was actually just a documentary about James Madison. <laughs> anyway, back to the topic of hand. Uh, do we have answers for this third question, uh, Elizabeth? This athlete's name is Hope. <laughs> Her name is Hope. Okay. Um, Julia? Did you say if it was a woman or a man? I didn't. I don't think you didn't. Okay. Uh, the, I just thought of Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's not a bad guess, but uh, it, uh, this guy's name was Terry Fox. Um, and Terry Fox was diagnosed in 1977 with osteosarcoma and had to have his right leg amputated. He began the Marathon of Hope on April 12, 1980 in St. John, Newfoundland, and Labrador at the Atlantic Ocean. Um, and he gained nationwide attention by the time he reached Montreal on June 22nd and was given a police escort through the province of Ontario. Um, he ran 26 miles, or the equivalent of a marathon, each day. And he was forced to end his run in Thunder Bay, Ontario on September 1st, 1980, when he experienced chest pains. The next day, sadly, he had to announce that the cancer had spread to his lungs. Um, and he was forced to end his run after 143 days and 3,339 miles. And he died of cancer nine months later. So pre pretty, pretty incredible story there. Terry Fox was his name. Alrighty, that's the end of the game. So, Mason, can you please give us the final score? All right, so the final score, Elizabeth 120, Julia 145, with, as, she was the, as she got 40 points in that final round, Elizabeth did not get any. And that put her in the lead, getting her the win. Well, congratulations, Julia. You have won. Do you have anything that you would like to say? My dad making me watch that Bobby Fisher movie when I was young, you know, comes in clutch. There you <laughs> go. Always a pleasure to come on the podcast, Matthew. Thanks very much for having me. 
Yeah, thank you for thank you for being on. Well, that's our show for this week, folks. Thank you, Julia and Elizabeth, for being on today, as well as Mason Cook for being our scorekeeper and also composing the music and also contributing some questions. And the other questions today were written by Sophie Wolbert, Lucas Hauser, Matthew Hauser, and yours truly. And thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe to Trivia Over Tea on your preferred podcast platform and leave us a review if you enjoyed it. Check out our Facebook and Instagram pages at Trivia Over Tea and feel free to message us there if you have any comments or suggestions regarding the show. And tune in next week when we'll have two new contestants and 33 more fantastic questions. Thank you. We'll see you next week.